Welcome to Modern Church Leader, a short daily show to help you grow your church, be more effective and efficient, and powerful for the kingdom of God. Hey guys, Frank here with Tithely. Um, it is great to come to you one more time. Uh, it is about nine o'clock in the morning Pacific time. I'm joined uh, by Josh Ermler. He's the senior pastor of the Fresno Church. Uh, Josh, it's great to have you with us today. Hey, we're glad to be here, man. I'm looking forward to our time together. Yes, yes. We've been um, spending some time talking to, you know, church staff, church leadership, volunteers even, um, just about like what it's like to do church online, like church in the, you know, the COVID-19 era as we're all sheltering in place and doing church at home and just all of that. So um, I'm really excited today to talk about kind of creating an engaging online experience uh, mm -hmm. for your for your guests uh, and obviously your your members and your regular attenders of church. Um, it's something you guys have been digging into a lot and I know our audience, I've actually been thinking about it. Our church has been trying some stuff. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm particularly interested in this topic. So, yeah. um, so anyways, Josh, great to have you today. Man, we're looking forward to being here. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited when you sent me over some of these uh, questions, what we're gonna be talking through. I think it really aligns with a lot of kind of what our team's been thinking through and kind of where our mind's been going. And so I think it'll be a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Like, how'd you make it to Fresno? Yeah. Uh, a little bit about your church, how you got into ministry, those kind of things. Yeah, of, of course, after seminary, um, I was one of those weird ones that jumped right into a lead pastorate position at 21 years old. So I've actually been a lead pastor now for 19 years. And uh, so I'm 39 right now. So just right after I turned 21, I started that journey. And so I kind of got in it really young. Um, I, I I tell a lot of people that first church that I took, I feel so bad for them because I made <laughs> You know, and uh, it was just it was rough. So I, I appreciate uh, those folks letting me kind of cut my teeth on ministry. Yeah. Uh, but since then, I moved up to Central California, Fresno, and uh, have been here now for 13 years, took over a very uh, traditional conservative um, church. And, and so we've been through massive amounts of transition, uh, revitalization. I was voted in by about 37 folks back in uh, 2007. And okay. over the years, we've seen just a, a lot of growth. We've seen a lot of transition. Uh, in fact, I like to tell folks, I don't know that there's a transition that we haven't made yet when it just comes to campuses, buildings, service philosophy, ministry philosophy. And now you've been through a pandemic. So yeah. you're, you've <laughs> crossed that off the bucket list, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, man, that's really cool. Uh, and like, wow, you've been, you've been at it for a while and you're still such a young dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, fine. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, uh, we'll have things figured out fairly soon. I, I, I figured at this point, maybe, uh, uh, you know, we have it all figured out, but I, I feel like right now what I have is I have all the good questions to ask, not necessarily all the answers yet, but I think I'm starting to figure out at least what the questions are. So I, I, yeah. I that's a, that's a good, good place to be at. Yeah. The maturity, right. You get a yeah. little older, you have kids, you've been around for a little bit and you realize like, Oh, I, I actually don't know at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I should start asking some others who have gone before me, like <laughs> you get more humble, I guess, as you get older. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Life has a way. Ministry has a way to really kind of uh, put you through the ringer a little bit. And it puts you in a place where you're a lot more, you know, teachable. And you can, I think, really, you can learn a lot faster as you're moving. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's great. 
Yeah, yeah, very cool. Why don't you tell us a little bit about like the kind of the the church network? Um, I'm probably using the wrong word, but no, no, just no. the the network of you know church leaders that you've been bringing together, um, you know, on on sort of all kinds of different things. But give us give us a little insight there. Yeah, uh, so I'm one of the co-founders of something called the Idea Network. Uh, me and a buddy of mine, Josh Tice. Uh, founded this back in 2014. And basically it was for pastors that were going through a lot of transitions. So we took our story of just kind of just massive amounts of transition that we were going through and revitalization. And uh, we found that there was kind of a community of guys that were going through similar things. And so uh, we started a, a conference that had its perspective le less about lecture based and, you know, kind of keynotes and things like that. And we really developed a conference that was around conversations. So basically the entire thing is is roundtable conversations where we're talking about kind of the most innovative things happening in church world, you know, at right. the moment. And uh, so that's kind of what makes it a little bit unique. So last year we had Tom Rayner come in and he hosted the conversations. Uh, we're excited here next year to have Kerry Newhoff come in. Uh, he's yeah host the conversations for us. And so uh, we have these live networks all around the country. And uh, then of course, you know, we're doing online stuff where we provide coaching and masterminds and, and those types of things, specifically for guys that are really trying to take the next step in church health, uh, specifically as it relates to, you know, revitalization and transition and things. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very cool. I remember talking to you uh, just about the whole thing and how you're bringing together church leaders from kind of all different walks of life and yeah. types of churches and different situations. And, and I thought that was really cool to create that community. Yeah, um, and, and, and yeah, and even the conversational style, yeah. uh, instead of it being lecture based or a big kind of, yeah, it's, it's been really, it's really cool. In fact, I'll, I'll tell your audience if they want, they can go to ideanetwork.church slash free book. And uh, we have a book that we've released called The uh, Best Ideas for Church Ministry in 2020. So just Love kind it. of a gift for them if they want to jump there. That's ideanetwork.church slash free book. And uh, we'd love to get that in their hands. Yeah, that's perfect, man. Um, and we'll we'll make sure, uh, I'm sure Jesse or Caroline or somebody is in the comments right now. So we'll make sure they post that link uh, in the comments either now or we'll do it when the show's over. Um, and, and, and for sure, anybody who's watching now, if you guys are live with us, um, we'd love to see your comments, give the show a like, you know, help us spread the word. Um, we've been doing these conversations every day for the past, I think we're on week three. Um, and they've just been awesome. Like yeah. I'm getting a lot out of them. I hope that the people that are watching either live or even the recorded versions are able to capture some nuggets of like what to bring back to their church. Cause they're just hearing from church leaders all over the place, right? Different sizes, different shapes, different locations, different situations. Um, so yeah, if you're watching the show, give it a like, um, shoot us a comment. If you got questions, try to get to those. Um, but we're going to dig in a little bit too. Uh, sort of how to drive engagement in this online church world. So Josh, what has that been like for you? Give us, maybe yeah. maybe give us a little bit of your experience of just going online and now doing church full yeah. online and no. then what you've learned and you know where you're headed. Yeah, for sure. I think like a lot of guys, we had been doing live stream for years. You know, I think we, we jumped on that bandwagon pretty well. Early. We uh, had the Mevo camera set up like one shot yeah. Mevo, like that was our our church online experience. So we were doing it, um, yeah. but we were we were rookies at it for sure. Yeah. So so we had done that, and so when we hit this whole quarantine time, I think we really went back to the drawing board to ask ourselves, you know, if this thing ends up going for more than the 
two or three weeks that they were originally saying, because we had kind of a hunch that maybe this would last six, eight, 12 weeks or even more. Right. We really asked ourselves then what, what challenges were we going to face at that point? And could we start this whole process in a way that would kind of help us mitigate some of those challenges that we might face mm-hmm. down the road? And so what we were noticing is that most ministry leaders were taking one of three approaches to church online. They were either doing pre-recorded, so they were pre-recording a service and either putting it out on YouTube or on their Facebook page or something like that. And uh, that definitely had its benefits because you could polish yep. it up, you could make it look good. There was a and lot. And I've of- talked to a, a few pastors in that that bucket. Sorry to interrupt. Um, no, no in that bucket about like, you know, they started live and then they quickly moved into a fully pre-recorded produced experience um, because they wanted to make sure that the, the experience from a, you know, uh, I don't know, just entertainment value perspective in a sense, like capturing your attention, keeping you engaged was very high and very good. That's Uh, their, on that route. Yeah. yeah, that was their priority. And so that that type of pre-recorded service really lends itself to having high production value, to be able to polish it up, to give off a, a sense of real excellence. And so that was one we saw. The right. second we saw was, of course, live stream, which I think the benefit of live stream is it comes off much more organic. It comes off much more, you know, real. It, it has this sense that, you know, that we're kind of, all right, you know, this is, this is just kind of raw. And I think yeah. there are some benefits to that as well. And then the third approach, which was much more rare, was a live interactive broadcast. And this was really interesting to us using, you know, conference call technology like Zoom or, you know, uh, here we're in StreamYard right now, kind of having this interactive conversation. And so we, we really felt like our number one priority as a church was not so much production value, which historically that's always been a big deal to us to have a high level of right. excellence, you know, to really polish things up, to, to put out something that would be super high caliber. But we felt like going into this quarantine with everybody being isolated, being in their homes, uh, not feeling as connected. We really felt like for us, our highest priority really needed to be developing a, a sense of solidarity, of community, of connection. And so having an interactive broadcast for us was something we felt like, okay, this might allow us to meet that need unlike a pre-recorded service or even traditional live stream and so uh, really early on in fact starting the first week we just leaned 100 percent into uh, zoom calls and we literally have hundreds and hundreds of people on a zoom call every sunday morning so a full church on zoom everyone's there everyone's faces it is and camera issues yeah. Forgot to put your pants on. Didn't all mute the thing. Like we, all, the, all the we can tell you some stories too that we've already had that are you know right along those. Give lines. us, give yeah. me one or two. Give me one or two of the best. So Sunday, this happens Sunday, and, and remember, there's hundreds of people on this call. You know, um, and it's over the over the weeks we've really been able to polish it up. So it. Yeah. it it's gotten better and better. And now I think even some folks would even maybe not know that it was live because we just several cameras and production value. It's like a live news set, you know, it's really, right. really cool. But Sunday we're sitting there and uh, all of a sudden this lady who attends our church was in the service, you know, she was there. And of course there's, you know, you're tons of pages. So this is just one little square. Right, the- right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But the, one of our associate pastors noticed that she must have gone up to you know use the restroom or something in the middle of the service, and we see, and her husband who doesn't go to our church or anything like that, all we see is him come down, you know, apparently whatever he was wearing to bed yes. that. 
and he comes waddling through and then you see he, something on the screen catches attention i'm preaching you know or whatever and so he comes to the screen and he's got you know no shirt on his hair's looking all crazy and he, you can realize he has no idea that this is being streamed to the world and this, so, is, this is like live on the internet right now and he's like tinkering with the yeah and he just had no clue. And apparently his wife didn't fill him in on the fact that this was not a pre-recorded or live stream. This was indeed a uh, interactive broadcast that he was uh, right. a part of. So, and stuff like that happens, you know, on so a weekly basis. So we have guys on the team that when those things come up, they're ready to pause that screen, you know? Yeah. So we have a whole team of guys that are, that are managing that from the back end. You can create, you know, co-admins uh, in some of these uh, conference call yeah. technologies. And so that's been a big part of this process is literally setting up a team of people who are dealing with all of the tech issues. And, and it literally takes probably five to six guys to run this broadcast live in real time. So we got camera guys, uh, we got guys who are running, you know, the OBS and the computer and putting together all of these. Uh, yeah. Are you all in different locations or do yeah. you come into a building at all or what's no, we, well, that was part of it for us. And, and that was this sense of, we, we felt like part of creating a sense of solidarity. If we were in a building, we, we didn't want to give off the sense that our people were missing out. We wanted them to feel like as leaders, we were in the same boat with them, that we were experiencing what they were experiencing, um, that we were feeling what they were feeling. And so we really felt like it was important for me to go live from, from my house and uh, to just convey to them, hey, this is something all of us are part of, not, hey, you're watching us, you know, we're having the good time at church and, you know, here you guys are. So I, I've talked to different pastors and I, I know a lot of different guys land at different places on this, but that was our thought process in getting to where we got. I mean, I think a lot of it just comes down to, you know, the, the church leadership uh, and, and you mentioned sort of priorities and also maybe comfortability in different environments and Tech, tech comfortability and, yeah, exactly. you know, uh, comfortability with like change and doing something different. Like, you know, all those things play into this um, sure. and, and every church is going to respond to it in kind of their unique way. Yeah. And some guys have the tech set up in their buildings and they're just, it's like so difficult to try to get that tech, you know, somewhere else because right. they literally tens of thousands of dollars to make the experience in their auditorium. So I totally get right. it. And you hit the nail on the head. It really comes down to what are your priorities? What are your values? And then what approach allows you to accomplish that priority and that value, you know, the best. And so yeah. that's that's where we leaned uh, into. And, and for us, I will say this, the, the really cool part of this is the fact that because we've moved them off of platforms like Facebook, they're not getting notifications all the time. Even people who are watching this right now, uh, yeah. Facebook, sends up a notification and says, Hey, this chat yesterday, I was actually having this chat with a live stream company. Um, yeah. and it's a great chat. Um, great guys that know what they're doing. And, and that was their, their big point about doing church online in an experience. And we were talking about it kind of having it hosted on your website, your church website, mm -hmm. because then you get rid of yeah, the news feed and the ads and the notifications yeah. and everything else that comes along with YouTube or Facebook or Vimeo and those kind of things. So exactly. Uh, and I so hear that for us going to a conference call like Zoom, it made them a captive audience. And so I think the neatest part of this is we have seen 
Um, no real drop in viewers over the last eight weeks. Uh, we've been able to continue to get visitors to come in. And I think the yeah. coolest thing is um, our watch times are way higher than what we're seeing on Facebook. Like Facebook, the average watch time right now is just a little over 10 seconds. Right. I know church watch times are a little bit more than that. But I think one of my concerns was after six or seven weeks, all of a sudden people would be barely waking up. They'd be in their bed. They'd be flipping through. Oh, look, pastors there online. Yeah. You know, as leaders, we have this idea of what church is going to look like for them there. And then reality is sometimes yeah. very different. And okay. Zoom, yeah, go ahead. Well, so you you just sparked the thought. What's your, what's your thinking um, of uh, how people are experiencing church right so i've heard the comments of like oh let's all stand up or whatever and i'm like we're at home like i'm washing dishes mm -hmm. or i'm i'm handling a kid exactly. or i'm i'm not getting up like i'm staying right here on the couch or what whatever or we're making breakfast and doing worship like yeah. all of those things are happening for us in our house right mm -hmm. it's not like i'm sitting at church in yeah. a seat doing in a service with, it's very different body. yeah exactly yeah. So my perspective on that was the fact that I felt like there was a linchpin with conference call technology that if people would turn on their screen, there would be a dozen other things that would automatically happen because of the psychology yeah. of it. And so that was where we leaned into this. I knew that if they turned on their screen, they would be more likely to stay on longer, that they would watch right. it longer because they knew people were watching them and there's this positive peer pressure, just like you have at a church gathering. So totally. they, they, they turned on their screen. It also meant that they were gonna be a little bit more intentional about zoning in, really putting away distractions. So instead of having to talk about, hey, sit down and stand up and this and all those, and so worrying about that, we weren't worried about one thing, turn on your camera. And if you turn on the camera, that just took care of like a dozen other things. It's that so true. Cause we could be having this chat right now and I could be like washing the dishes and it would be, I could still be there, but I, it doesn't matter. But because we're on camera, it changed. Yeah. I'm here. Like yeah. there's no, you know, I'm not going to be on my iPhone with you and wandering around the house. Um, yeah, so, yeah exactly. that's a great point. So that's one of the, there's, there was a lot of reasons for us that we just felt like this approach was a, you know, a really solid one to keep the intentionality of what church is, um, right. you know, to keep that, you know, even, even if you're a really casual church, you know, you still have rituals that you go through in that casual church setting, you know, they're right. still going to wake up and they're still going to get dressed and they're still going to drive there. There's this intentionality to it. And that was a big fear of mine is that over these weeks, people would lose that subconscious intentionality of gathering in church. And so this really has made it like we don't actually live stream our services right now um so it's you can only get what i mean by that is you can't get to our so you can't just watch it later right, right, right now so we don't post it online you either get there at 10 30 and are a part of it or yeah. you miss church and and wow. so we wouldn't normally do that we that's just right. something we've done for this season but it's just to keep that hey and, and we'll go back to it after all this. It's just for us, we for our church family, we really wanted them to see this as being an important. And so we were, you know, for this season, really to force them to learn the technology and get into it. And I know a lot of people would disagree with me on this one. And I, I yeah. get that. 
but we had so many people we were trying to train to use the conference call technology. We didn't want to give them easy outs. And so for six weeks, we just said, hey, this is how you get it. And if you want it, there's a part. And so what we've done recently now is we put the first 10 minutes and we stream it to all the different platforms. Uh, you know, with the videos, some of the cool stuff, the interaction, they get a sense of what it is. And then we turn it off after seven minutes with a link saying, hey, if you want to be a part of our service, jump join us. Yeah. Wow. I mean, again, I, I love it because I feel like churches are doing all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. And every conversation I have, I feel like adds this new perspective. Like I totally get it. Like doing it on Zoom sounds a bit crazy. If you had a few hundred people there, certainly no mega church could pull that off. But like the normal size church, right? A few hundred people mm -hmm. get on a Zoom. It's much more interactive. You see yeah. everyone's faces yeah. um, and you kind of force people in a, in a way to to stay mm -hmm. at church like to to be there and and their husband can be walking down the stairs in their pjs uh, yeah, but it's exactly. it's going yeah. down so it, if you if you're watching us right now um i'd love for you to drop in the comments you know how you guys are doing church are you doing a live stream are you doing it on zoom are you i don't know listening to an audio podcast like what's church like for you at your church um drop us a comment uh let us know because uh, it's fascinating to hear. You're the first one that I've talked to that's done full church on Zoom. I've had people do post-church like fellowship on Zoom. I've had people do live stream with Zoom up on another computer. Um, yeah. But you guys are doing full Zoom video. And I will um, say for full disclosure, it's not like everybody's, you know, mic is on. You know, we, we right. offer it so that there are certain points in the service where we'll open it up for testimonies or we'll open it up for prayer requests. And so I was going to say, like, how are you doing the engagement part of it? So there's natural engagement by being on camera. I think yeah. that's an element of engagement for sure that we've hit on. What other ways are you doing engagement? Like for us this week, we just did the kind of concept of like, we have two hosts yeah. and they come on camera early. I think they were on 10 minutes before service started and kind of kicked the service off. And they're kind of, they're talking to people in the comments and we're using YouTube right now. So they're in the YouTube comments and they're calling people out and creating conversation. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was really I awesome. I thought, interaction. It, it, that's yeah, this interaction and this kind of conversational tone mm -hmm. that was set by that, like I was really like, I was really proud, right. Of my church. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I felt really good, like, wow, this is cool. It's a new thing that works well in this environment. I don't know if you could do that at church, like, yeah. but like, like in person, but in this format, it works so well. Works um, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's one thing mm -hmm. that I think we've recently done on like trying to create that engagement mm -hmm. aspect in our way. Like what other things have you, are you guys doing via yeah. Zoom? So we do the same thing before the service. And what we would do is we have a TV next to those folks who are doing it with everybody who's already logged into the Zoom call. So as people are jumping on, they're seeing, look at all these other people. We'll put I think, uh, yes. 60 people's faces that are waving. And so we're actually, and then I have another camera in front of me. I have another TV in front of me with all their faces that are mirroring what's on the side of me. So I'm talking to the people who are there and they're talking. And our media team is actually highlighting and pinning their pictures. So it's pulling them up in a frame that would look like what we have here. We'll have a right. quick conversation about their dog, you know, what's going on at home, 
how'd their week go? And yeah. some of it is symbolic. You know, it's the fact that not everybody's going to interact, but everybody feels like they could interact. And that's really right. the key. It's not so much that you everybody does or even everybody wants to, but everybody wants to be a part of something where they feel like they can. And I, I think that's what we tried to, you know, develop a little bit there. Right. So, yeah. you know, we're doing that. We're starting there. And then we just really structure our services very differently than a typical Sunday morning physical gathering. And I think there's some wisdom in really asking yourself, this is a new platform. And so we have to come up with some new, you know, uh, methodologies for how we're going to move through it. So I think for us, a lot of things we're doing is um, we're constantly going to other people for everything. So if there's any scripture reading of any scripture, that's always being pushed off to somebody else. Um, every prayer time is being pushed off to somebody else in their home. Yeah. Um, obviously times for, Hey, who's got, who's got something. And we'll ask a question. Uh, what has God taught you in the quarantine this week? Why don't two or three of you guys just share what God's teaching you through this? And uh, they'll use the digital hands, you know? So, right. And, and they're not pre-selected necessarily, no. but you're like live kind of jump in. So more like small group, that's almost small group style, but it's, done. Yeah. In a big church setting. In a big church setting. And and to yeah. be honest, that's what you're trying to create a little bit. Yeah. This very, everything's moving. It's never just on one person for a long time. My sermon illustrations are less story narrative driven and they are more interactive driven. So I used an illustration Sunday uh, about, you know, Michael Jordan, you know. And so I said, hey, all you kids run to your garages real quick. I want you to get a basketball. So it gives the kids right. a chance to jump up. They go to the garage bet a room, grab a basketball. I'll show you, you know, it's yeah. so all one of the kids up, you know, hey, we'll zoom in on so and so that I know well. And uh, here's his basketball. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, so that it's that type of stuff that even though you can't involve all, you know, four or 500 people, like that's just not possible. We're getting so many people involved that the average person sitting there feels like, oh, I could very easily be involved if I chose to be. Right. And there and people who don't want to don't have to. We never put anybody on the spot. Um, but there is this sense of I'm a part of something that is, you know, happening and real and organic and alive. And, and that's, I think, been a, a huge win for us, you know, as a church family. Yeah, no, I love that, man. Super, super cool. Um, just for sake of time, we try to not have these go too long, but I could keep talking about this for a while because I, I just love how much you're experimenting yeah. and trying yeah. new things and you're engaging the like it's just it's really awesome i hope the folks watching uh are really paying attention and pulling away some things because i think you can apply this stuff even if you're not using video yep. you might think like oh i'm on facebook and so i'm gonna say hey kids go grab your basketball and come back yeah. and let us know in the comments right yeah, it, it, sure. like Absolutely. Yep. there's ways that you can do this stuff and create engagement even not on video or maybe you use video for portions or, or whatever so yeah. Um, or even a tool like this where you could call people in, you'd have to, you know, mm -hmm. script that, but like you, you could pull off engagement. Um, and I yeah. think it means a lot in this format. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, maybe in wrapping up, let's, can we talk about giving for a second? Yeah, let's do uh, it. If you don't mind, no, what sure. have you seen at your church? Obviously we're, you know, we help, you know, almost mm -hmm. 25,000 churches uh, yeah. with their online giving. And so we've seen a lot of uh, pretty incredible things. I'd love to know how it's going at your church, what you've seen, any any interesting things other than uh, people going online like I know yeah, <laughs> for sure on. for sure of course and we we have loved working with Tidely uh, we're actually newer to your guys' platform as of this year and yeah 
we, we started back in January, kind of made the official switch over uh, from push pay. It's been a, it's been really, really good for us. I, I will say this, you guys recommended in January for us to do a big campaign to push people into Tithely and do some of that because of yeah. the way, that, you know, our schedule was going, we didn't probably do as big of a campaign as we should have. However, when this, you know, COVID nineteen quarantine hit. You you had to do a campaign. There was no <laughs> so we went full blown into it. And honestly, um, and this is you know tough. You know, this is crazy, but we are actually doing better now with that campaign in play than we had been doing back in February. And so, to some degree, our finances are even doing better than they were. And I think the reason wow. for that is we had more people jumping the line, more people, you know, um, doing recurring giving and, and things like that we had seen previously and so um the platform makes it incredibly easy to use so what we've been doing is each week we're doing a different giving talk um yeah. and so we taught our folks this week about um text to give so each week we were literally sharing the screen with the church family so they could see us you know making a gift or set yeah. up reoccurring recurring giving uh and then this week we did text to give and we're just teaching them and then we some people don't do this I I don't know how pastors would feel about it. We actually take 90 seconds and pause this live service for everybody to grab their phones and give. And You're like, we pull out your phone and yeah. do your thing right now. And so I do. I get on there. I pull up the Tidely app. You know, I'm jumping in there. I'm giving to this fund, giving to that fund. I take 90 seconds. Right. I literally give right there. And they're watching me and everybody else. And then some people are just looking awkward, you know, but hey, it's all part of it. And they're like, camera off. Camera yeah, off. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> And so, and we just, we've done that and, uh, we, we have been pleasantly surprised, I will say, yeah. uh, you know, on where, where we're at with that. And I think majority of it, and what we're hoping is that the recurring giving that we've got setting up, uh, will continue on even after all this is over and, you know, we're stronger because of it. So it's, yeah, been, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, th I think you guys are, you guys are smart, right? Like continuing to talk about giving. I, I love taking a moment in service to, yeah. you know, you know, give people that, that time to give, yeah. remind them to give, you know, some, for some people it's, it is literally how they're worshiping. It's kind of part of their mm -hmm. experience. So, you know, there's all kinds of dynamics at play. I also love, and obviously we, we recommend it cause this is what we do as a company, but I, I just think it makes practical sense too, like talking about recurring giving yeah. as, as an option, especially as you have all these new people coming mm -hmm. to online giving that probably weren't prior to this. So let them know it's there. Let them know it's an option uh, and, yeah. and keep going. And I think in this season, the way you kind of keep it appropriate is we are giving tops, talks are always couched with, here's what we did in the community this week with the funds. So we tell yeah. a story every week about, okay, uh, this week, like last week, we literally gave out hundreds and hundreds of pizzas uh, to people in our community. And Love we- it for it and we're giving those out and so you know just went to a local pizza but, place like put it i love place. that it's like yeah, yeah like ha go do something and you're like yeah. we just partnered with a local pizza shop yeah. and we're giving out pizzas guess what people aren't going to get pizza so yeah you're helping the business you're using mm -hmm. the money obviously you have to use the money to run the church too but it's yeah. like it's part of your mm -hmm. outreach totally. and then you tell the story and you tie it yeah. to your giving but it wasn't like a major thing it was a pretty yeah like it wouldn't take a lot to pull that off for, no, for any really churches, any, any church, especially if you partner with somebody, we had a company that said, Hey, for every five you give away, we'll give away one and something. Yeah. And 
So you work out a deal, but that way every week we're trying to do something in the community that we're investing financially into that then we talk about during the giving talk. And so that just really helps people have a way to kind of attach it to something, you know, more tangible than just, uh, right. we're, we're continuing to pay our, you know, building payment, even though we're not meeting in it, which is a, yeah. real thing, but, you know, it's not as inspiring. <laughs> it's not as inspiring. No, that's a great, that's a great idea. If you're watching, uh, please take that idea and steal it and go do something with it. Cause that's a great idea. Partner with a local business, do something, feed people, uh, and the church gets to participate in that. Super cool. Um, well, Josh, this has been great, man. Thank you for joining us. Uh, where can folks go? Uh, if on Sunday they want to check out your live experience, um, yeah. what should they do? It's fresnochurch.com slash live. If they go there, it will take them straight to the service. Fresnochurch.com slash live. Love it. Love it. Well, thanks for joining us, man. If you tuned in today, thanks for joining us live. Uh, if you watch the recording, give the show a like, leave us a comment. We always jump back in and check this stuff out. And we've been coming live every day at 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, so it's Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. All right. Take care. Thanks again, Frank. Appreciate it. Yep. See you, Josh. Thanks for listening. Please review Modern Church Leader on Apple Podcasts and visit our website for more resources at tithe.ly or follow the links in the show notes.